We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moose and Runes podcast. This episode 77 of the pod. Full disclosure, it is Moose and Runes after dark. dark. Let me do it. Let me do it. Okay. After. It's supposed to be like salacious. Yeah, I it's know. It's Moose it. and Runes. Oh, no, 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 no. Edit it right here. It's Moose and Runes after dark. Okay, we're, we're taping this one late on a Monday night I'm here. I'm definitely Matt not been, editing that part out. We're keeping that. I know, no, no, no. That's, gonna, that's gold. That's gold. Um, Matt has been gracious enough to stay up late. The schedules did not this week it is 2 a.m central standard time it is midnight uh, pacific time and we're out here podcasting for the great listeners of the moose and root podcast who am i kidding we're podcasting for ourselves we enjoy talking yeah. to one another man yeah they, they say um, joe nothing good happens after 2 a.m i can verify um, that this is this is than, not great this is other great. than <laughs> podcasts and i'm gonna i'm gonna put this up to uh i'm gonna put this up to the microphone here hopefully you can hear it this is also moose and runes did you get that I did. Yeah, so Mo- oh, yeah. Moose and Runes. Those are beer cracking. Pop a top with us, yeah. Moose and Runes listeners. Pop a top with us. Sit back. We're going to talk about Chicago car. sports here, unless you're in the car. Unless you're in the car. Um, or at work, actually. You know, well, in a if very, you're at work, do it. In a very small number of circumstances, should you be drinking a beer with us right now? But yeah. if you are in one of those, we appreciate you. Uh, yeah. We appreciate all you guys. Matt, let's jump into this. We're going to do what they what they call in the business a tight 30, a nice clean 30 for the fans here. Uh Put you to better reasonable ish hour. Yeah, you know, I, it's it's all it's all mood at this point. I got a I got a morning shift. <laughs> it's all mood. Anyways, I can go to bed now. I can go to bed two hours from now. I'm well, that's tired why, when I wake up. That's uh, why we, I'm, try, I'm trying whatever. to get. I'm trying to get you going here, man. Well, no, I'm I'm saying, I appreciate that. I'm also just I, saying at this point doesn't matter. Let's talk. Let's yeah. let's talk football. Let's talk Bears. You're, you're a good man. Um, I know, but yeah, let, really let's am. go. Let's go negative. Let's go negative right now. Um, okay. We we got to talk Bears. I want to start with this question because I've been thinking about it since the end of the game. Actually, I've been thinking about it since like the third quarter when all the special when the special teams mistakes started and and everything went downhill. So it's not how Kevin were, White related. No, how were the Bears even a part of that game? How were they in that game with the lack of execution? Was, did the Patriots did the Patriots play that bad? Why was the score close? Teams, I cannot figure both it out. Teams just kind of didn't play all that well, and I think both are obviously the Patriots are good. I think the Bears are a pretty good football team. Neither team really seemed to play up to their maximum potential offensively. The Patriots never really seemed to find somewhat of a rhythm. Maybe that's because they were off the field, honestly, for such a long they time. They found I, rhythm. I had that they play found the, rhythm. The, the first eight, did. the first eight plays of their game <laughs> of the game enough. were rhythm. I got really worried after that first drive because they marched down nine yards a chunk, ten yards a chunk that drive. That was scary. And that's what's starting to the last two weeks is, is scaring me a little bit with this Bears defense is because two offenses in a row now have pretty much been able to do that at will and that's how you beat a really good pass rush is taking it is just chunking your way down the field getting the ball out quickly yeah. and there hasn't been much of a response and you know hey let's press the receivers let's not let them get off the ball obviously with Tom Brady maybe that's a little bit different because he can make all the throws Brock Osweiler mm-hmm. was not a guy who's going to be able to make all the throws make him beat but again that was two weeks ago um, but it, it's getting a little bit worrisome because yeah they are Offense is now two weeks in a row been able to dink and dunk their way down the field without much response from the Bears. I know we're getting on Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd for not getting to the quarterback, which is a problem. I, I mean, mm-hmm. Khalil Mack clearly is not 
you're terribly injured, but he's he's hampered by that ankle a little bit. At the same time, I mean, New England's game plan was perfect. They were getting getting the snap, getting the ball out quickly, getting it to running backs in the flat, and not really letting the Bears pass rush get all that much and, pressure on them. And that's where I look to a defensive coordinator to counter scheme there, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I don't really have many negative knocks on Big Fangio, but how much of this defense's success has been raw talent and not being. You know, I'm, I'm saying, wh- where would you assign the percentage of raw talent and coaching? Because, yes, Vic's a great defensive coordinator, but when you got Khalil Mack out there, everything gets a lot easier. Mm-hmm. When Danny Trevathan's playing well, when Roquan's getting upfield, uh, things, everybody looks like a genius when it's going well. But when it's going bad, I tend to look at the coach here to get these guys in the right position, especially when you're talking about a team that's going West Coast and going quick and getting the ball out on a one-step, three-step tops, you know? Um, that's where I look at the defensive coordinator to dial up a couple blitzes, switch, uh, mask some coverages, uh, that sort of thing. I, I don't think I've seen much of that from Vic Fangio as of late. No, really well, haven't. And I, I'm, on the whole. I'm guessing he hasn't really felt, I mean, maybe going into this New England game, felt he, need felt to? he didn't need to because, hey, you know, Miami, Tom Brady. We, we were banged up, and, you know, Miami, we actually played a pretty good first half, whatever, the, I don't know, whatever yeah. his, his thinking might have been, but, you know, and this week, maybe it's like, hey, you know, Tom Brady, we're going to do what I think we do best because that's our best chance of beating Tom Brady is us playing our best game you know are playing to our strengths whatever i don't know but it'll be interesting to see what he does this coming week against new york because i mean it's two weeks in a row now that's worked against the bears that's what they're going to keep trying to do they're going to throw the ball short get the ball in space their playmakers and dare the bears to make tackles and that's another thing to me that is as much as i would have liked to see some adjustment on vic fangio's part there have been some terribly bad missed tackles in the Bears second oh, they're not the tackling. last few weeks. They're not and as, bad, as, as much as we want to complain about the Josh speed, Gordon, the, the, there's, there's the Josh Gordon, to, but there's Eddie Jackson's had two awful missed tackles now the last couple weeks. I think Amos, who, who was it that had it on Josh Gordon? Was it Amos or Jackson? Uh, I forget who one was. or the other. Multiple, I think there were four or five missed tackles. There were honestly. multiple guys that, that there were multiple guys that quit on that play, and that's the first time I was like worried about this Bears defense. Mm-hmm. If there's quit in them, if they, you know, if they're if they're not finishing plays, even if it's 20, 30, 40 yards down the field, tackling has definitely been an issue. Uh, you won't get any argument from from me there. But I mean, we, we can harp on the defense all day. That's a side of the ball that I think it's. I've always felt. And no disrespect to the defensive players that listen to the podcast, I've always felt it's easier to figure it out on defense than it is on offense. There's so much, and I understand the timing and spacing of defense, but if your offense is going the wrong direction and you can't figure anything out, that's a whole nother monster. That's that's a problem, and that starts with the quarterback. And I don't want to sit here and um, beat the Mitch Trubisky horse to death, or if it's already dead, wherever that horse's status is at. I don't want to do it. So I think... You know how I feel about the performance. We talked about it a little bit. It was underwhelming, and the inconsistency seems to be a character trait at this point. And I know he's still young. We can say it a million times over. But there is a character trait of inconsistency in Mitch Trubisky I don't like. I I can understand that, and I can see it to an extent. I I do think, I I will say, first off, I'm hearing people say this was by far his worst performance of the year, and it's panic time. Check the Twitter Twitter timeline. Did did you say that, too? I called it the worst. I called it the worst, and I doubled down, and I retweeted it. I will take It was the worst. I would take this over the Arizona performance any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Okay, but let's not sit here and compare our quarterback's performances either, okay? I I guess what I'm saying, I'm still seeing, I don't buy Matt Nagy's, uh, I don't 
don't know if you saw his comments because I'm not sure how, how many of them reach all the way out there, how much gets retweeted out there that you see. But he's kind of he, he's basically I, I find it he, he basically doubling down on saying you know Mitch played well and he's fine with how he played, which I don't think he's terribly pleased with how Mitch played, but I also don't yeah. think it was necessarily as bad as it looked. I, I still think we're seeing flashes from Mitch, and I, I, as I've said all year, Joe, I mean, we, again, you don't, we don't have to beat this dead horse. Yeah. I'm giving him the year. I, I, I'm still looking for these flashes, which I don't think you can deny. We're, we're seeing them at points. Yeah. The accuracy is a little bit worrisome. He had Anthony Miller. Now, who, by the way, won a, a bright spot on the offense. I thought Anthony Miller, though he wasn't hit on two of those balls, was was running really good routes, was open a lot, and I think he's going to be a really nice player for him in the future. Yeah. That said, I mean, there, there are some missed routes. Uh, he didn't play his great game, but we're still seeing flashes of the athleticism. We're still seeing his ability to get out of the pocket. Yeah, uh, he should have had the the Bradley Soul one where he threw it to to him in the triple coverage in the end zone to a back off a backup offensive lineman. I have no idea what he's thinking. That probably should have been an interception. On the other hand, the Josh Bellamy one where he absolutely rolled out to the right, fired a strike into Josh Bellamy's chest, and then Bellamy just I fault no one there. I fault no one there. I fault Josh I fault, Bellamy. Granted, I hate I Josh no Bellamy, so. I felt no one there. That ball, that was shared possession until they hit the ground. And it as a receiver, right you know between his numbers, but you know that eh, there was Catch an arm the in there. There was a defense. Catch there was a the defensive football. arm in there. It was shared possession to start, and when you hit the ground as a wide receiver, shared possession can become anyone's possession. It depends how you hit the ground. That's in my defense, if it's but any other wide receiver, I'm probably agreeing agree with, with you. But it's Josh Bellamy, so I will yeah. not give him the benefit of the doubt because, quite frankly, he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt. I don't Well, speaking of speaking of underwhelming Bears receivers, we saw Kevin White get his first two receptions of hey, the season. Kevin's uh, back. A, nice, a nice a nice chunk play there at the end of the game with no time left on the clock. Um, again, I don't fall Kevin White here. Kudos to him going up and getting a ball giving us a chance, but when you land I, you know, I don't think he knows where he is in terms of yard line end zone. Reach that ball out. Reach it, that ball out. It's Did you feel yourself? I you was, feel yourself uh, getting wrapped up. That is the one play in the course of a football game where possession and ball security do not matter. If there are zeros on the mm-hmm. clock in Doesn't the fourth if you quarter, fumble, whatever. Who cares? If you're fumbling it back the other way and it's a tie ball, yeah, situationally. But you're yeah, down, this one, yes, it doesn't you, matter. You have make sure that bar, ball gets as far as it can go. Throw it for all I care, and let them figure it out. It, you know, it, it's it's interesting. I forgot where I saw it, whether I heard it on the radio or, or saw it on TV, whatever. There, there was a, a one of the Patriots players was talking to the media about that play, and he said the way they're coached on those last second hail marys, bombs, whatever, is one person goes up and tries to get the ball, and the rest are down on their. You know, if if the ball is going to be short of the end zone, the rest are playing for the tackle. So I don't basically, buy it. I, I'm not that's, necessarily. That's Patriot. That's Patriot's worst Patriot modern narrative. Okay, yeah, that's Patriot's worst modern narrative, maybe where they, they paint the picture after it happened. Great, you're all geniuses. We're happy for you, but that's not the way you defend that. Because just like just like Kevin defense, White, so I don't know. Just like Kevin White doesn't know where he is depth wise there when he jumps. I don't think those defenders really have much of a better idea of where they are. So that's the whole one guy jumps, and that that's just giving the guy a better chance. I don't Could know. Be. But like like we said. Um, you know, you could beat a dead horse, but a lot of negatives. Um, you can find some positives in there. 
but it all begs the question, how are they in that game? So if they clean things up, this can be a really good football team. I still feel that way now. Oh, absolutely. It's a matter of cleaning them up and keeping them clean consistently. of the ball, they need to clean things up because clearly the special, we haven't talked on it, and neither of us were really all that, uh, I knew you were a very nice holder, but none of us were all uh, special teams. Very nice. But it's two in the morning, okay? I just gave you a compliment. <laughs> Grow up. Thank you. Thank you. I uh, none you. of us are really, neither of us are all that uh, licensed or whatever experienced to talk about special yeah, teams special all teams. that much. It was bad. You can't bad give up that. I know, bad, you, I, know you, bad, you, I know bad blocking when you, I see you, it. Ben Brock, your phone's telling you to go to sleep. That, or is that it was, mine? My phone is not telling me to go to sleep. My phone is silent. I thought, you were, telling me to go to sleep. I thought you were telling me because you were talking about bad blocking and then saying my no, name. I thought you were telling me I was bad at blocking. No, 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 never, uh, no. never. Well, no, I, <laughs> I, can, would never, I can think of a couple specific examples. I would never slander the Rooney name like that. Mm, well, not here Not here on the Runes and Runes podcast. The Runes and Runes podcast. Well, maybe one day. It almost became it this week. We'll, but, get, we'll get to uh, Getting back to the topic at hand here, uh, three must-wins coming up here. Jets, Bills, Lions. If you want any yeah. chance of even talk, saying the word playoffs yeah. four weeks from now, you got to win all three of these. I won't say all three of these. I need I need one of two from the Lions in these two. So I, I guess that's simple. Yeah, I, I, you need to win, in yeah. my opinion, at least three out of your next five, if not four out of your next five. Well, it's finally fun to watch Bears football game football again, but they are uh, creating a pattern it's, of ripping my heart out. I threw, are, I threw a chair. I, at work, man. Honestly, I, I was threw a chair at work. For me, it was one of those like like laughing sad moments where it was like it was so perfectly Bears that I actually kind of like I could only laugh, and then I was. De- I don't know. I, I was incredibly last impressed week, for the next like last week with minutes. the fumble and then the missed field goal. Green Bay week one. This has been a gut wrenching six weeks. But that's it's, what it's like. They're still farther along than I think we thought they yeah. might have been this year, and it's we're feeling that way because they're getting there. They're close. They're not yeah. there. This was never even with Khalil Mack. They're not there yet. They still have some growth on both sides of the football to make. As much as we want that defense to be there, it's still a pretty young group that's still learning how to play together. Speaking of young groups, people on that defense, you got to give a shout-out to Bilal Nichols, uh, the fifth-round draft pick, I believe, out of Delaware. As much as we want to blame the defense, say the defense didn't have a great game, that kid, not only this week, but just about every week, has been playing his ass off and made two huge plays in this one. And I think he was one of the, the bright spots on a defense didn't play all that well. And a guy who's, you know, proving his worth of a you know small school fifth round pick that Ryan Pace took a chance on. Value in the late rounds always is where uh, the Patriots to go back full circle yeah. there have uh, set themselves apart. So that's where any successful NFL team, you know, really does find their worth is yeah, their first round picks usually hit and are pretty, pretty good players, but they find those gems in the third, fourth, fifth round or whatever. You know what the last two years, Tariq Cohen certainly seems to be one of those guys and it's yeah. early, but Bilal Nichols kind of looks like one of those guys too. So Ryan Pace hey, so far now, in that category. Now we just right. got to go start videotaping other people's practices and we're there. I think that's hey, just don't get caught. Just don't the get next caught. Step. It's the Bears and the Jets this Sunday, I believe on Fox. Uh, no free ads, no free plugs, but uh, that's where you can watch it. Matt, let's talk a little college football. I think, that, I think that um, I, this might just be personal, but sure. uh, I think that the storylines have been a lot less... Uh, enticing in college football this year than in than in the NFL. I think the NFL is having a great year in terms of uh, our 
our attention. Am I, am I speaking freely here? Am no. I speaking too freely here? I don't Because it, there's been Go a couple ahead. flat weeks. There's been a couple flat schedules on the NCAA schedule. This was not one of them, was my point. We finally got back to some some college football that was interesting, engaging, good, close football games. Well, the, the NCAA, I mean, the NCAA always has those couple weeks here and there where you find yeah. out, like, the, the best. I, I think this week actually might be one of them. The, like, night game of the week on Saturday is Texas at Oklahoma State. And it's like, okay, Texas has is, is been, you know, nice team. Oklahoma State kind of sucks. That really shouldn't be your night game. We, I thought that was going to be the case last week with ESPN's primetime game being Ohio State at Purdue. And yep. then, wow. And Jeff Brown pulls a rabbit <laughs> wow. out of the hat. We were, f- out of the head. we were at a family Florida wedding, and, and you know, my, my brother Mike is a Purdue grad, and he was telling us, you know, I think oh, Purdue, he must been, yeah. he was like, yeah, I think Purdue's going to play pretty well. I'm not sure they're going to win. Mike, you've been drinking since closer. 7 a.m. And that's what we're saying. It was a wedding. Okay, we've all had a few <laughs> beers. Like, okay, Mike. So I'll, I'll give Mike credit, though. He was on it all day, and then he were, we're at the dinner table checking scores. You know, 14-6, you know, Ohio State starting to come back, and then holy hell, it's 49-20. to I, I, mean, I didn't see much of the game, but it sounds like Ohio State got blown out of the water. I'm not sure where that team was mentally finding out Nick Bosa wasn't coming back uh, the rest of the year, which they, I believe they found out earlier that week. I'm sure that has some ramifications mentally on, on a college football team, knowing that their guy's not coming back, but still, 49-22. There's been a lot going on around to, that program yeah, for, I know, but for the last 10 weeks. I'm saying, I'm agreeing that's with fair. you. Yeah, it's, it's been, mentally, mentally it's, been, it's been a lot, and you... you, you Take it easy on a Purdue week, and you don't uh, approach it with the same attention that you have in weeks like past. Themselves, really, honestly, since yeah. Urban came back, I, I, I have not seen them. They they played that TCU game. Ironically, that was also when Nick Bosa went out, so maybe that has something to do with it too. But really, since Urban Meyer came back, the team really hasn't looked. And I'm not blaming him either, saying he shouldn't have come back, whatever. But they they haven't really looked like the Ohio State we've grown accustomed to. Granted. All this might be moved because they still do control their own destiny to get into the playoffs. If they run the table and beat Michigan in the last week and they win the Big Ten, yeah. they're still going to go. But it, it's just it, it seems like an off year for Ohio State. And if if if, if Harbaugh is going to get them, it seems like this, this is, is his year to do it. And if he doesn't do this it this is year, it. Grant, he's got to go. They got to go to Columbus and get that done. But this seems like the year to do it if you if you're Michigan and Jim yeah. Harbaugh. And they just got the monkey off their back in uh, East Lansing last week. I believe it was his first road win over a top five or ten top opponent. Tw- top twenty-five. Top team. twenty. Yeah. Top twenty-five team. Now, Goodness gracious! You know, so I, some I futility some on the road in big games. He, he did beat a ranked team on the road for the first time in his tenure at Michigan. That Michigan State team was not a good football yeah. team. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I've been even been talking to a couple of Michigan fans who watched that game. Like, yeah, yeah. They, I know they're twenty-four, but like. Brandon this is kind of my point, though. This is kind of my point, though. There's not much. There's not much depth in any conference this year. No, they're really name, I mean, name the deep conference. I mean, I, I want to say the SEC is probably. I mean, that's going to be it every year. But I mean, outside of that, like, I think you got Ohio State, Michigan, and the Big Ten. After that, is Michigan State any good? I don't really think so. Wisconsin, we saw, isn't all that great. I know Michigan played really well, looked really good, but. I don't think anybody's going to watch that game and say Wisconsin looked like world beaters. Just watch Wisconsin play a single game this year and said they look like yeah. world beaters. Uh, I mean, you, you go to the Pac-12, I think that's all a bunch of mediocrity there. I mean, Oregon looked good one week and then got blown out by Washington State. Moment uh, was too big. I think the SEC is probably the one conference that you say is still pretty deep. I mean, they got yeah. you know Bama, LSU, Georgia's Bama, there. They LSU, lost. They're still pretty good. Florida's there. Kentucky's having a really good year. See, that's where you lose State's me. Team. Which which team? That that 
the the four spot. I think there are three very good teams That's in the fair. SEC. And we're talking about them, you know. I, mean, I think it's, Kentucky, it's hard for, I think Kentucky can me. lose to anyone in the country on any given day. That's I fair. think that I, it's hard uh, for me to Florida, not say Florida likewise. is not a good team. Florida went Florida yeah. beat LSU and as as much as I know it was at home and they had some emotions fueling that and all that but Florida beat from what we've seen so far from LSU a darn good LSU football team. Well, we're going to see, like, uh, we're gonna team, see LSU's fastball on Saturday night in Death Valley. Coach O leading the boys against Bama. Really, Bama's that is, first uh, third, and it's it, November third, not this week. So that's that's it, the third. Both, yeah, so LSU has their buy. There, I think they're both on the buy. Uh, LSU has the buy this week. I know. I'm sorry. I must look at the schedule. Be, so that's a total be tease sport. there. That's oh, all right. Well, yeah. well you better you do some study. You better do some study on the game. What is that? The third? Yeah. No, I'll be in. I'll be in Hilton Head actually. Fancy boy, Ma- marriage, marriage of, of friends, um, cool guys we, got friends. Should we get to, we've really gone off the rails here around uh, 12, you know, it's, it's, 12, 12, 20, 12 20 local. For you. We're talking about our weekend me. plans, whatever. Um, Matt, let's give him locks of the week here. And these picks oh, are being made. Wow, I made I this pick two look. hours ago, so there was some thought. Yeah, can you go um, first while I'm still pulling up my book? I'll go first. There's not a number that scares me with the Kansas City Chiefs right now. I'm taking KC covering 10 at home against Denver. 10 at home. That's a fantastic it. football That's team a, at It's home. kind of a revenge game for them. I know they, they didn't lose at Denver, but that one was kept close. And, I, and maybe not a revenge game, but... Oh, let me scroll here. This is bad radio, isn't it? I probably should have looked at the lines a little bit earlier. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll, you know I'll what I like? That game you know what I like? Further. You know what, what I like? like? I like the Rams minus nine at home against the Packers. I don't think I, Green Bay can score them. I know Aaron Rodgers is good, but they're going to L.A. I don't think they're all that good. I know they've had the bye week to prepare. I'm going to take the Rams minus nine. Rams minus nine. Bonus lock of the week from here. I have it written on my piece of this paper. This doesn't count. This doesn't count. Scratched out. This does not count towards the contest. Okay. Pats covering 13 and a half. Uh, the, okay. the Bills. Bills at home. Bills at home in prime time is a little scary, but they're so bad. Like, they don't have a quarterback on the roster. No one bad. circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, though. So, yeah, could could there be some, like, Buffalo voodoo? We've seen it before. Just a, a, a cloud over Brady. They can't get anything going. I don't know. I didn't like it for that reason. Only voodoo reason. Yeah. But 13 and but a half that's, that's is a, a number real that thing I love. In the NFL. I, 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 like, I think personally I'm going to take that, but I'm kind of with you. <laughs> I'd be scared to make that my lock of the week, you know? Matt, let's uh, before we get to some segments here, jump to some Chicago headlines. Uh, we're a couple weeks into the into the Blackhawks season, and now about five six days into the Bulls season, sitting at zero and three. The Bulls, uh, it's Levine or nothing right now, is what it looks like from the small sample size that I've seen. I make sure to run the long highlights each night, take a look at them. Levine looks doing, very I'm going to stop doing that because, yeah, but, okay, this is exactly what I see. I see, and not to not I'm not to saying this, you're wrong. I'm just saying he looks very good. Not to the extent, not to the extent because he's not, he's not the player that Derek Rose was, mm-hmm. but I think there's going to be a very Derek Rose-like maturation of Levine with the Bulls. I think he's going to be overworked. I think the way please he plays stop. isn't please very don't. sustainable. Please don't I think do he's this to already me, yeah. had a knee. I'm not going to wish injury upon him. But I know, but you're raising very valid points that I don't want to see Thank happen you. again. I've had my yeah. heart broken again by that before. I'd rather not think about it again until it happens. I, I just don't see the pieces in place oh, no. uh, for the Bulls to... Um, Especially with Larkin. We're missing his window. We're missing his window. It's going to be... Levine's going to be on the back end of it. 
I will the Bulls say, are good again. You know, we're, we might not be because he's still like, he's one of those guys who seems like he's been around forever. He's 23 years old. He's still, great. he's got to stay healthy. He's already had yeah. the ACL, but if he can keep that knee healthy and stay healthy, you're hoping to be good four or five years from now when he's 27, 28, which, I mean, ideally should be his prime. That mm-hmm. said, I mean, they still need more pieces around him. His knees are 28. His prime's right now. Okay, that's fair. That's a fair point. Well, <laughs> maybe just one of the knees. Okay. Uh, uh, you still yeah, need Martin I think it's to come back be... healthy. I, I will say a nice, pleasant surprise so far has been Bobby Portis. Um, he he seems to he took a step last year, and we saw some flash of what he can you know, do offensively. Um, he, he really expanded his game out towards the the three point line, the perimeter. Can actually shoot from out there now. He's continuing that this year. He's probably been one of their most effective rebounders as well. He, he's he's really not missed a beat since going into that starting lineup from that six-man role, which a lot of times when you Mm -hmm. see that guy get promoted from the six-man role, you see them take a step back in their game. And I think it's been the opposite for Bobby. So that's another guy who's who's playing for a contract who gambled on himself, um, who who looks pretty good. Can you give me a line on the rookie through three games? Uh, Wendell Carter. Yeah, I, I haven't watched enough. I, I don't know. Uh, is he not getting? He's not getting any sort of consistent minutes. No, he, he and he's, yeah. he's showing some flashes up and down. I mean, he's he's making a lot of rookie mistakes, which I think you expect mm-hmm. from a guy like that. Uh, he's you know a, a real rookie because he was a freshman and now he's out. And I know that's common in the NBA, but at the same time, he's not one of the most uber talented freshmen. I think he's always been a guy who, well, I think can turn out to be a pretty good, pretty good player. Is going to need a little bit of time to grow and develop, especially in NBA system. And I don't think he has the greatest head coach for a guy who you know they to get him where they want him to go to be you know a defensive presence down low who's going to give you fifteen you know points a night. I'm not sure Fred Hoiberg's the guy for yeah. Wendell Carter Jr. Uh-huh. Um, but that said, he, he's showing flashes, but it's going to take a little bit of time for him. He's, he's been thrust a, into I asked for a line center. on him. I asked for a line on him, Matt. I don't know what that means, Joe. You it's, just gave me a run-on paragraph. Joe, it's I fucking 2.30 in the morning, okay? <laughs> uh, well, that was a fantastic breakdown. Hey, don't look now. Sacramento Kings. Second in uh, in scoring average right now. Hey, they can't guys, play. A, you guys want to can't play. A, they can't play a lick of defense. They're one and three or hey, one and two. You're, excuse me. You're on top one of LeBron in the division. Beat Oklahoma City last night. De'Aaron Fox looks fantastic. Uh, Marvin Bagley, the third, the rookie, isn't. He isn't Luka Doncic. I was going to say you're going to just gonna, leave it at that. Not that Luka Bagley's Doncic. not a great player, but, but they might have talk about on that one. Talk, yeah, talk about. Uh, uh, no assembly required, like fresh out of the packaging. Yeah, Luka Doncic looks really good. He, he, we thought, you know, obviously showed the skills in Europe, but you kind of thought, you know, yeah, that's Europe. This mm. is the NBA. It might take a little time before he's, you know, really that, that good. It, no, fake, it hasn't that taken ball fake against he's ready the, to go. The ball fake against the Bulls. Um, did you, have you seen that highlight? I, I have spun, not seen the highlight. He spun tonight. someone around with a fake pass. It was um, it was unbelievable. Well, in fairness, um, I think you could spin somebody on the Bulls around with a fake uh, pass. No, they they played like, that bad of defense. This was evolved European basketball. It's fantastic. But Marvin Bagley looks all right. Harry Giles is looking good. Iman's here playing tough. D scored 26 last night. I think uh, that 27 and a half, uh, I, I, I stayed away from it but um, for bias reasons, but the 27 and a half, I think, is a very safe one. I think he got as low as 26 and a half uh, on the Kings. On, on the other side, I'm kind of glad I didn't go near that over with the Bulls because I think when that one yeah. came out, that was mm-hmm. when you and I both thought, oh, they should hit that easily. Yeah, too much, too much heart there. Too think. much heart there. You're not, you're not thinking about that yeah. clearly, um, nor am I. But, uh, uh, Matt, let's move to some Blackhawks here. Uh, Crawford has looked good. 
Uh, again, I've only seen very highlights. Good. Crawford's he, good. He goal, looks like the Corey Crawford against, that we yeah. used to know. Um, goal against just over two right now through what? Three starts? Uh, I believe it has been three. No, two said, starts. Two only? Okay. Uh, he he did the, the opener where they lost to Arizona 4-1, to one, but that was nowhere near on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they beat Columbus on Saturday night okay. where I mean, they were they won four to one, but they were outshot something like thirty-eight to one. solid, and he looks solid. No thirty-seven to bucks. Uh, um, no, he looks exactly. He, you were worried about whether or not he's going to come out and you know look a little bit rusty, look like he hadn't played hockey in you know almost a year because he hadn't. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's been playing hockey. You know, he, he looks like he's in mid-season yeah. form. Still um, very, very, still very, very early, Matt. Uh, but the Blackhawks averaging three point eight goals per game right now, good enough for fifth in the league. They're allowing for flat. That's 29th in the league. So just a lot of scoring happening in Blackhawks hockey on both ends of the ice. There's uh, just early. there's just not much defense on their end, and it, yeah. I, it, I, I really I do kind of put it on Stan Bowman for not going out and getting that help. I know they're they're down a couple injuries. I know Connor Murphy's out. Your favorite name in the world, Gustav Forsling's out to start the year. Uh, it, they're missing some of their top guys, but it's also some of the guys that you know he brought in. He extended Brandon Manning, Jan Ruda looked not good at all. Looked kind of lost. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Last year's first round pick. This is a name. This is a mouthful for you, Henry Yoki Haru. Say it with me, no, Joe. Henry, Henry Yoki Yoki Haru. I don't need to, I don't need to hear it twice. Henry Yoki Haru. How are you? You? you. How are you? How are you? Henry Yoki Haru. Uh, he's playing alongside Duncan Slate. Keith, and that's kind of your pairing that actually looks pretty good right now. And it, I know in the NBA we see 19-year-olds make the make teams and you know play mm-hmm. really well all the time. That's pretty rare in the NHL, especially out of a defenseman. And, and we're seeing this kid step in, show flashes right away, and it looks like they got a guy who's going to be a solid back-end player for him for a while. Now, you Duncan do, Keith you, looks pretty good again. But after that, there's, there's not much there you can do a lot of uh a lot of merchandise around that name yogi how are you the joker um, i mean he's the joker yeah. <laughs> it's pretty there easy. it is there, there's your merchandise print the, print, print the shirts uh matt world series about to start let's hit a quick prediction i got one we'll of talk, my two we'll talk cub socks and the girardi saga uh, love triangle whatever's going on there mm-hmm. uh I, i'm gonna go with the dodgers uh, because okay. i had the dodgers and astros in the world series and i would like to be right uh, so I'm going to go with the LA Dodgers. Uh, I just I think Boston's good, but at it, some time I think that bullpen's going to come to get them. And LA has a very opportunistic lineup; they're very deep, and I, it wouldn't shock me if they you know figured out a, com- a way to win this game. Especially, kind of been the year where everybody's writing off the NL, writing off the Dodgers, and, and been on Boston. It seems like maybe this is the year where that team kind of comes and gets them. But that said, Boston's a fantastic team, and I think this should be a really fun series, especially Chris Sale and Clayton Kershaw in game one. I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. Sure. I love being told I'm wrong. The Boston Red Sox are going to win this, I think, in five games because the Boston Red Sox are built to win the way teams win World Series. Uh, This whole postseason, and even late in the regular season, and I saw it at the umpteenth level with the Oakland A's, Teams were just riding bullpens through the postseason and surviving. And managers are making seven, eight, nine, ten pitching changes a game, and that's never been the World Series formula. The World Series formula is starters and back end. Starters and back end. And I know the Red Sox don't have the best back end right now. They also don't have the best starters, though, either. After Chris Sale, it's a whole lot of... 
Yeah, I guess you're rolling it's, it's a whole lot of Price. Coin David Price, yeah. and don't get me wrong, he's at, at one point was an absolute ace, but he literally just won his first career postgame start in 11 tries. Or but they're doing it tries. that way. Rick I Porcello think the is they're following the formula is a good sign for the Boston Red Sox. I also have point. been saying, I've also been saying throughout the entire season that they're the best team in baseball, and I think they are. If the best I, team oh, in baseball, I think they are the best, the best team, team in baseball. baseball I just wins don't the know they're in the series. I, I I see where you're coming from with that, but if the best team is to win, I believe the Boston Red Sox are the best team. I that I will absolutely agree with you. If if but if it's always if it, this one's done on paper, it's Boston a matchup. Should win the World Series. It's a matchup. What, what do you think about? Do you think we'll actually see in LA Mookie Betts at second base? Uh, you that know, is I, the you know that's that's the rumor right now. That's what the, I don't know. That's maybe what they're leaking out, but. You yes. can't really take any. You, who are you going to take out of the lineup? You're not going to take Benintendi out. You're not going to Jackie Bradley Jr. Well, he hasn't had you know been the greatest player throughout his time here. Hasn't been the you know, most consistent hitter. He has mm-hmm. arguably their three most clutch hits of the postseason. You're not going to take Jackie Martinez out of the lineup. I think if anything, you see it late in the game in a lineup move. I don't think he'll start at second base. So I guess I think who's, it's, who's not in the lineup then? Uh, well, that that's situational. I mean, that's like where you're at in the batting order, who you're trying to get up at the plate, the matchup you're trying to get. Yeah, it's you're, taking, it. you're taking someone out for the eighth and the ninth. Alex Cora got, has a very interesting problem on his hands there. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I'm saying no, that's, the only, that's yeah. the only way I could see it. I don't see him starting there. I, Depending on the pitching matchup and all that, I, I don't know what Mookie Betts has played in the past. If he's only been an outfielder, maybe come up in the minors in college, wherever. Maybe he did have some time, but... If I think I heard that he way did think, play some. If you think if you you have to have those four bats in the lineup, yeah. I guess if the one person's going to come out, it's probably Jackie Bradley Jr. Move Mookie Mookie Betts into center, and then you have you know Jackie Bradley as your pitcher, pinch hitter slash you know you'll get him in the outfield. Then after that, for a double switch, but I, I, I can't not have those four in the lineup to, in some capacity. So I, I don't. I'm not saying all three, four games, or all two, three games in LA, he's going mm-hmm. to start at second base. I do think one night we will see Mookie Betts start at second base. For those who strayed away from Major League Baseball for uh, the greener pastures of NFL football and uh, college football, it's time to come back home, watch a little World Series. I admittedly have not been as committed to the championship series as I was to the division series and the wild card, but uh, I think it's going to be a fun watch, as the World Series always is. Yeah, uh, if it's any, I mean, obviously, it's going to be easy to say if it's anything like last year, it'll be a classic, because last year's one of the best series (laughs) I've ever been watching. But uh, I I don't see why this one shouldn't be a whole lot of fun, too. Uh, Matt, you gave your prediction. You think it's going to be the Dodgers in how many? Uh, So they go 2-3-2, right? Bulls in six. I'll I'll take the Dodgers in seven. Dodgers in seven. You're not even confident in that. No, Boston in five. No, I'm not going to take another party in the winter. I think we got Dodgers in seven. All right. So, so assume me. I'm picking a seven-game World Series because I want to see a seven-game World Series. You know what's an interesting to think about? Joe, is that a train I hear in the background? That is. I'm outside, and you're probably hearing sprinklers right now as well. No, um, just a train. I'm trying to give my lovely girlfriend a nice, quiet uh, apartment to sleep in. That's so okay. I came outside to rant at your I'm face. I'm not criticizing. Okay? <laughs> I can see the lovely Tower Bridge of Sacramento from my from oh. my porch. Uh, I don't Sounds, never saw the Tower Bridge when I was in the airport. Uh, well, it's our. I'm, I'm surprised because it's like the maybe I did. Archite- I just forgot. It's the, it's the architectural uh, photograph design that they push. It's it's the Hancock. It's the 
uh, it's the Sears Tower, it's the Trump, not size-wise, but iconic yeah. imagery. Um, I was just trying to fill there until that train went by. I yeah, think clearly. we're clear now. You did a good job. Uh, okay. You didn't we, miss it. We got we to gotta get to some segments here, Matt, uh, before we do. Give me. I've only read an article on it. Sure. The Girardi situation. He's apparently waiting for the Cubs. I don't think I don't he's know, necessarily I don't know what, waiting for what. Or, or does I he think just want to be the White. He doesn't want to be the White Sox. I think he's uh, waiting one more year. Um, I, I, if if things go well, he's with trying the Cubs to leverage year. something that doesn't exist. No, I just I don't, I don't think the right job was out there this year. And if he didn't want to go manage the Cincinnati Reds, I'm not sure I could terribly. Blame him if he thinks he'd yeah, be good on the south side. I think pinstripes, it's always look good. I, I think he'd be <laughs> <laughs> the Cubs have pinstripes too. Um, yeah. I don't think he's waiting on the White Sox. I know there was the other one article tweeted and they give credit to the White Sox. I think it was a White Sox talk over at NBC Sports Chicago that, that came out with it. It's, it's a good idea. and There's no problem in speculating it, in my personal opinion. I do think he's waiting for the Cubs, and next year, if that if that job's open, I think he'll be the Cubs manager. If it's not, I think he will end up somewhere else. Could that be the South Side? Sure, I, but I think when the, the speculation is he's waiting for Chicago, he's just waiting. I, I do think yeah. he's waiting for the Cubs because he, he played for the Cubs. He's you know a North Sider, I believe, uh, grew up in Evanston, so that that's probably his dream job. He was uh, seen looking at mansions on the North Shore. That's not true. I just made that up. That'll, I, be, that'll be a story. Honestly, like I'm, I'm just in front of it. If I'm a betting man, I'd probably put it at like minus 150 that Joe Girardi is the Cubs manager next year because I uh-huh. think kind of no matter what happens at the end of this year, I think Joe Madden and the Cubs have had – I think they've had enough of each other. I don't think they're going to split badly, but I think Joe does some things that Jed and Theo don't really like in how he manages the team, and I'm not sure Joe likes being second-guessed all that much, and I, I'm not sure mm-hmm. he loves all the – the pressure and all that that comes from this job. So I can see after coming to the Cubs and being what can only be described as a successful stint because he won a World Series here, I could very much see him, you know, riding off into the sunset with a, you know, a, not a retirement type job or a golden parachute type job, but another job where maybe he can go be somewhere a little bit warmer. Um, riding off, job riding off to the sunset in his Winnebago. Yeah. In his Winnebago. Uh, I could see him going out west somewhere and just kind of riding out the last couple of years managing the San Diego Padres. Maybe coaching some third base here for the Sacramento River Cats. Hey, you know, you know why don't you give him a call? He couldn't hurt to ask. I think he loves the he loves the area. He's always been a big well, Central Valley guy. Sacramento. <laughs> don't knock don't knock Sacktown. It's the capital. Hey, I only, it's a very solid airport. In, I only live in state capitals now. I moved to Lincoln <laughs> and then I moved and then I moved to Sacramento. So where are we going Spring, next then? Where's Wheels next? Up Wheels Up Springfield. Let's go. Hey, at least in Springfield, we could probably get a couple in-person podcasts. <laughs> but silver linings. Silver, silver linings. linings. Uh, let's jump into some buy or sell before I fall asleep, Matt. <sighs> buy or sell. You fall asleep. We're, we're, coming straight out of, uh, we're coming straight out of some Monday night football that cost me some money. It cost some, you uh, some money. Not cost me some money. It cost me a spot in the rankings. I had another W locked up. That was my lock of the week was uh, the Giants covering six. Odell Beckham gets in the end zone. Always love to see it unless uh, it's hey, getting Falcons away with me. Six. Had the Falcons, excuse me. Yes, yeah, yes. I was going to say. The Falcons covering Giants, six. You covered. The Giants, no, 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 no. The Giants uh, touchdown at the end of the game. Uh, it hurt me figuratively. Matt, it what hurt your wallet. Eli is what you told me. Being with Eli. those two with it's quarterbacks. Over. What? I know, but like. It's over. No, we, you know, after after all of this talk is going on, you have to come out in prime time and show up. And he played poorly again. And I understand the offensive line isn't good, but you have every target trick 
that you can like a, a good quarterback gets the ball out when he doesn't yeah. have his protection. And I know that's all to say. There's certain situations too, you can't do, but it's not like Kaiser coming in at him scot free. No. He doesn't have a ton of time, but get the ball out of your hand because when Odell Beckham gets it in his hands, he's a Ferrari. When Saquon Barkley gets it in his hands, he's an F two fifty. Like he's got everything that you could dream of as a quarterback, except an offensive line. Make it work. Yeah, it work I mean, better he, than he, it is. You can ski I mean it, you can scheme around having a bad offensive line. It does think not being and that was the, the ball, point here. But they figured out ways. Like I commented to a buddy at work tonight. Like the Giants don't really run the ball much anymore. Their new run is we're going to have Saquon run out into the flat and then throw him a swing, and that kind of works. Yeah. That's almost as effective as a run game. They it's have they can't run inside the box. Out. It, the line's not good in the run or the pass. Correct, but they. I guess what I'm saying is they've schemed out a way to figure out basically. Okay, we can't. Yes. we can't hand the ball to Saquon. Let's still get here's how the flat we here in here's space. how we run outside you, you, zone. <laughs> they just they don't have a quarterback who can do anything else, and it's like you. you still think with veterans like that that while they might be losing it physically like mentally they still might have that vision and they might his be pocket smart with their offense gone. it's nothing it's not there his, it's not existing you'd think that'd be the one thing that would gone. like you know grow with experience and as old as you get you still kind of sense the rush a little bit knowing someone's coming know where Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham who we've been playing with you know for 10 years with what well, not 10 years but for a while with know where he's going to be get him the ball like he can't do that anymore Peyton but they don't have it Peyton, you know who's behind them Peyton couldn't feel his toes or his shoulder and found a way to win a Super Bowl by yeah. climbing the pocket that's what he did remember he just stepped up stepped up stepped up Eli's sitting back there Getting like a lunch eaten. I mean, it's yeah. just it's it's frustrating. It's not. It's, it's, I don't really wait, like wait, the wait, Giants. Matt, it's not Matt, that frustrating to see. Matt, can I point something out? This sure. was the intro to a buy or sell question. <laughs> oh. I still haven't gotten to the buy or sell. Oh, you know, it's, this it's is, late. This is an intro. So, can Matt, I talk? Can I talk about how I lost money on this? Yes. So while you answer, while you answer this buy or sell, sure. though, buy or sell Pat Shermer's math. Uh, they were down eight. They went for two. Uh, could have kicked the PAT, but the the well, no, they were down. They were uh, down yeah. eight. They're okay. They yes, down, yes, they yes, had yes, just yes, scored. Yeah. They were yeah, they were down yeah. fourteen. Okay. They scored six points. That's yeah. what they give you for a touchdown. Yeah, they're down yeah. eight, and Pat Shermer likes to go for two. And all of the football brains, like the geeks who look at the analytics and numbers, the it's called a informational advantage. They believe that the odds of you not getting one of two two point conversion tries is slim to none uh, not slim to none but you have you have very good odds of getting one of the two so that being said you go for two down eight because you either put yourself in a position to win or you're just going for two again that's looking at it from a mathematical standpoint situational My pressure brain hurts. is a part situational pressure is a part of football listen to this tomorrow it'll make sense i feel like i'm being concise but i'm like, <laughs> We're definitely not being concise <laughs> <laughs> oh god okay it was stupid buy or sell pat Shermer's yeah math. you know the, the math is there that's great i'm sure the analytics can tell you that but kick the extra point dude just thank you just thank kick, you just kick the ball like come on yeah <laughs> stop screwing so me kick the football so you're selling matt yeah you hit i'm selling one? um yeah, which, okay, I'm going to stick to football, and then my second one's basketball. We can get off football a little bit. Um, Amari Cooper is gone. We didn't bring that up, but uh, traded That's to all I talked about today. Dallas for, for, not to me, uh, traded Dallas for a first round pick. I, wor- I work. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> um, traded Dallas for a first round pick. John Gruden says he's done trading people. He's hashtag done. There's no more going, people going out. Joe, buy or sell. Derek Carr is an Oakland Raider by the time we kick off next season. 
Um, this is a bonus right here. I buy oh, this it. This isn't a bonus. This is my this first is, no, one. No, I buy it. I buy it, and then I'm buying another buy or sell that I'm about to state on my own. Okay. But I sell that they're done trading players. I don't think they're done. Done to when? Like, Wait, he so, didn't say to when. That like, was who just a John Gruden thing. Like, who else do they have to sell at? Pieces that they could still move. They're not going to trade Colton Miller. I mean, they just drafted him, but he's like the offensively, they're still very high on him at tackle. Um, they really don't have many assets. They, you yeah, can trade. They feel like they already traded everybody. Everybody's gone. You could trade. No, you could trade Bruce Irvin. Not Bruce. Eh, you're not going to get much for Bruce Irvin. You could trade Arden Key. People are still kind of high on high on him as a pass rusher. I wouldn't be sleeping too good tonight if I was Arden Key. Um, but yeah, there aren't many assets left to trade. But going back to your original buy or sell, um, I think that it would make zero sense to get rid of Derek Carr right now because you could draft someone in the draft next year with one of your three first-round draft picks if you like someone wherever you're sitting. You draft that quarterback and you let him, quote-unquote, learn under Derek Carr. But to Derek Carr from his seat, this is the guy who's going to take my job if I don't step, step it up. He's currently under contract, and it's a tough contract for someone to pick up. I believe that there's no reason for them to deal him. If it was like, any other to get him, team to get him off the books, this isn't baseball. Like it was. If it was I, any I other team, I I think I'd be with you. But it just see things seem to be so weird in Oakland. John Gruden seems to want to. Yeah, have but this, this made sense. This made sense. Though. Derek this Carr made was sense. crying on the sidelines a couple weeks ago. I that it's seems really like something bad. John Gruden wouldn't like. It's really bad, and it's not getting better, but this was a fantastic trade for Amari Cooper. Oh, Amari agree. Cooper uh, should not have saying, garnered are, a first-round pick. People are saying doubt. I mean, it's... I, oh, I thought you meant, like, for Amari Cooper personally. I don't hate it on Dallas as, in, as much do. as everybody does. I think they gave up too much for him, but I still think if you get Amari Cooper to get back to where he was, you know... Two years ago? Less than two years ago. I, like a year and a half ago. His rookie season and the year after that he was good, yes. but I, uh, Yeah, which is two, it's two seasons. That's, that's a year two and a half three ago, seasons yeah. in the He's NFL. Not, okay, so last year wasn't good, and this year he hasn't started off very hot. Well, um, I can't, it might be an overreaction. Bad, he hasn't been good this year, but it's hard for me to blame anybody on Oakland this year for not no. being good because of the train wreck that locker room has been on. But Matt, since- we've talked about it on the podcast before. It's situational football and it often happens with rookies, but also in trades. You need to go to the right situation. He's going from bad to slightly less awful. Like he's not going to a fantastic offensive system where he's going to be used properly. It's probably going to look pretty similar. He might be. I don't know. I just it seems like Amari Cooper in Dallas like could work out. It could be fun. Oh. In Garrett's world, I don't think it's going to work out yeah, for he's either got, team. He's got Dak. They got Zeke. because if you look at Reggie, Dak, if you Zeke look at Reggie, Amari. look at Reggie McKenzie's first round draft selection. It depends who's got the keys to the car. If Gruden's pick making these three picks, if they're making them together, uh, you might be all right. But if Reggie's making the picks, he's drafted bust after bust after bust. Have you so. ever seen? Speaking of Dallas, have you ever seen a snapping fraction called in a game? Because I'm no, not sure that I was have. garbage. It was trash. But I don't care that that field goal was offline. It would have missed from. I don't know. Yeah, thirty-five and out. He I also, he, I also he had smothered one. So I was cool with it. He smothered one left. <laughs> uh, Matt, buy or sell? Devin Bush tearing up the middle of Sparty Stadium. I'm gonna uh, before the Michigan Michigan State. Not only do I sell off. that, I sell what Michigan State was doing before. Like, I don't get all this pre on the field type stuff. We're not even wearing yeah. pads yet. Like, just go play football. Like, I don't yeah. need to see you. I don't know why we're locking arms and walking out to midfield together with helmets on. I thought that was kind of weird. 
and I don't, I don't like Devin Bush. Like I tried, the Michigan tried to play the victim. Like oh, they came after us. No, Devin Bush stood there and tried to like take on the whole Michigan State roster and like tried to break through them. So no, like I wouldn't have broken my link either if I was doing that. Grant, I never would have done that because I thought it looked stupid. And then Devin Bush, you would have told Norm no. No, maybe Norm didn't. You would have told Norm no. Norm probably wouldn't have cared what I did. Let's be honest. I was a third string right guard. He didn't give a shit about me. Um, get in line. Yeah, that's pretty much all it would have been. Um, and, and then you go throw a hissy fit and like break up the field and like just go play football. I don't know. It's it was all it was all very childish for me. So I'm going to sell it. I think Devin Bush is a fantastic football player. I think he's really really good and didn't need to stoop to doing that. Just you know, you want to kick their ass, go beat them 49 to seven on the field. Don't toy around with Michigan, a bad Michigan State team, seven seven until the fourth quarter. I don't know. That's just me. Hit me. Sorry. Um, did you see You're the good. brawl? Like see the brawl Saturday night between Houston and LA. I saw the brawl. I loved the brawl. I, I saw the brawl, the brawl live. Love I turned it on. I loved the brawl. Love the brawl. Um, so I'm buying the brawl. Well, I'm buying. That's, that's no. I think you can only buy. The brawl. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask if you're buying or selling the suspensions uh, levied down. I, Brandon Ingram got four, and Brandon Eng- Brandon Ingram said in the media today, "I thought I was getting more." Uh, yeah, I believe Rondo I so, got three, Paul got two. I thought two. they all should have probably I, gotten double what they got. I buy it big, and that's exactly what I said. I thought it was going to be ten. I thought that someone was getting a ten, someone was going like, to get I thought Brandon Ingram was, was going to miss you know, a tenth I of the season. I love the precedent. I love the precedent. It is the NBA, NBA produced by Ryan Seacrest yeah. and Chris Jenner. It's E! True Hollywood story. Yeah. The storylines in the NBA are fantastic, and it's because there are 15 guys on each roster. We feel like we get to know them personally, and these bad bloods build between them, and it's going to be so much fun. I mean, it's it's game, game two it was. Like, we're going to get to watch this, that matchup and other matchups throughout the season. It, it just builds the narrative, and no, you don't want anyone to get hurt, and if you keep it in the middle of in the court like you never want to see a malice at the palace type thing but if these guys are throwing blunt yeah don't spit in my face if you spit in my face there's probably going to be yeah i would i mean yeah if i'm on the court and you spit in my face i'm probably going to go after you like i don't blame chris paul for it but i got i'm totally with no chris paul went with the disrespectful eye mush the the nba is almost worse the nba loves this they're thrilled it happened it wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised like could be jumping out of the octagon yeah like this is all (laughs) to an extent the nba has this stuff planned and that's you know what they kind Ooh, of need a take. little. They kind of the, the NBA. The NBA's had stuff like this planned for years since, since the frozen since the frozen Patrick Ewing envelope. They've been doing at, stuff like this. That's what the NBA does. At two twenty-five, two fifty in the morning. At two fifty in the morning, he's coming. We're going out on three in the morning. Piping hot takes. <laughs> oh, Someone's got to do it, Joe. And I with, think with, it's going to be me. And I don't even think I know said, it's going to be me. It has been a valiant effort from you, Matthew, here on the Moose and Roots podcast, episode 77. That's Moose and Roots after dark. I actually, I have a mailbag question. You have a mailbag question. I have Go a mailbag ahead. question for you and me. Tomorrow Let's morning, quick. when I wake up, because I'm you know getting up, uh, if I want to work out, i got to be up in four hours. Respect um, the hustle. After, uh, if I actually work out, that's... No, that's it, it's about, no, it's about... You want to hit it in threes, okay? You get REM sleep in threes. So give yourself a solid three. You don't want to get the four. I'm not give yourself a solid six. three. Give yourself a solid three and hit cardio for an extra 45. That's all okay, I'm saying. Okay, here's my question. Am I, <laughs> when I get into work tomorrow, in order to keep my eyes open, it's, uh-huh. it's supposed to be about 50 degrees. Is that iced coffee or hot coffee weather? 
hot coffee, you might have a bathroom situation. And I'm speaking from a personal so, so standpoint. So what? I work. I'm at school. I, Joe, I'm, at, I'm at work. It doesn't matter. I know, but you know, you make that transition from ice to hot. And you get your body's got to get used to I've it. Been going I more, think, I've been going more hot lately, though. See, fifty degrees. I'm a. I'm an ice guy. And being out, being out here, you don't necessarily have to deviate from the ice too often. Uh, ice. Um, I say hot coffee tomorrow. I think you go hot coffee. Okay, I think I'm leaning with you. I think we go hot Who's, coffee. Who sent that? Who sent that mail back? That was me. Oh, that was me. That was you. I have no, it's, 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 Joe, it's it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm not going to make up somebody that sent it this time. It was Matt, are you, I sent. Are you sh- are you shutting us down? Do you have I am going to shut us people? down. I do. I would like to shut us down if you don't mind. Right. Hit the music. I'm going to bed. Shut it down. Shut it all down. Shut it down. Shut it down! Houston, we have shut down. I've seen enough. Shut it down. You're not going to bed yet because, because my shutdown, Joseph, you probably saw this coming, is about you. I wanted to say congratulations to my podcast partner who's apparently still under 30 years old. Congratulations oh. on that, by the way. He's, you got to veil a shot in there. I'm 28 now. 8 now? 28. 28. So two years to the big I got like video. 600 days. Was named, uh, to, was named the top sport, top 30 sportscasters under 30, 2018 edition. So that is this year by the bang, Sportscasters bang. Talent Agency of America. I totally pulled up tweets and I'm basically just reading this word for word because I already forgot who gave it to you. But Joe, I'm very proud of you. Um, I don't want you for, to forget who gave you your start as a sportscaster. I, I, I remind you enough, but I Dave feel like Beckham? I haven't reminded. No, let's for even further. Oh, back. No, what, yeah, we go further back. Yeah, yeah you know who, Man, when you were really. senior in college, decided to put you on air, took a risk, and said, "Hey, no, you, you begged me. You begged uh, me. Begged." <laughs> I don't think so, Joe. I put you on air. I gave you your start. It's always appreciated. So yeah, I appreciate. I think so. I guess the shutdown has in turn more about me. Mm-hmm. Thanking me for yeah, your thank success. You. Would you say should, thank you? Probably, you say thank we should you. probably thank you. So I'm going to thank Matt. <laughs> no, for... but in all seriousness, Joe, you've worked very hard to get where you are. We're all very proud watching from far uh, because you're in California now, not here. So obviously we're far. Um, and congratulations on a very well-deserved honor. And uh, you, you're out here with some some young men and women whose names I've either recognized or I recognize the, the network that they're working for. So obviously it's a very good company. And uh, the, the best is yet to come for you, obviously also for the Moose Moons podcast as well. But the best is yet to come for, for Joseph Musso and his broadcasting career. I, I appreciate you, Matthew. And uh, coming from you, that is high praise. Yeah, I don't compliment you very the, often. Uh, the moments that you know in whatever our line of work is don't uh, don't take the little moments for granted because the big ones feel great but they don't come that often and uh, it's it's fantastic to be like you said held in that company but it only drives me to work harder and I really uh, I look forward to at some point hopefully being back in the Chicagoland area and we can do this thing side by side on a weekly basis matter but uh I, I only enjoy these uh, these accolades and the moments because of the the people that I get to share them with and uh, the people who, who take such pride in them. And I, I appreciate you guys so much. I appreciate every single one of the Moose and Runes listeners. Uh, that's it for episode hey, hey, seventy seven of the podcast. One last that was going to be a just, clean out. It was a clean out. Just, we could have gone to bed. Remember what I remember <laughs> what I tweeted at you earlier that you said might cause the you know to be the Runes and Runes podcast. What was that? Yeah, you told me. Yeah, uh, those, those files might not be as lost oh, as you think. The hidden, the hidden tapes. The yeah. hidden tapes might not be all that hidden. 
Okay, well now I have a tape of you outwardly blackmailing me. So no, this could, you, this could go on. <laughs> this could go on for years. This isn't blackmail. Uh, this is just straight up honesty. <laughs> I actually uh, I don't know. I have some broadcasts. I'm not sure if that's what happens. I was gonna say I'd love to hear those. I haven't uh, heard. Them. I, actually, I, I probably I, wouldn't. I probably They'd be cringe. Cool. They'd probably be pretty bad. I think I got four or five sitting on a disc somewhere, just in case for Moose. a rainy day. Moose and Runes listeners, go to bed. Um, we know you're not up with us, but you know, go to bed tonight. Get a good this night. is for me to go to bed. Matt, this is Matt, you go to bed. Moose and Runes listeners, thank you. That's episode 77. Moose and Runes after dark. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was awesome. <laughs> Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.